This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, now why don't we get ready for the Word. We're going to open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 19. Father, before we read this message today uh, from Your Word, I ask You that You will change who we are, speak to who we are, and make us Yours. God, we want to be Yours. From all that's within us, we want to be Yours. You are faithful. You are good. God, thank you for bringing all of us together. Now open your word to us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to go to uh, verse number 19, and then we're going to run over to Luke chapter 9 if you want to get your your finger in that and hold it for just a little while there. But 1 Kings chapter 19, this message again, uh, is the pursuit of uh, success. Uh, It begins uh, in an interesting place. Let me set the stage for you. Elijah has just had the biggest moment of his life, okay? Uh, He has called down fire out of heaven, and it's consumed the sacrifice. You'd think he'd be at the, the just the pinnacle of joy after this, but instead, this has shaken him to the core. He has run for his life. He's at the lowest point of depression, and, and he's struggling with with questions about: Does anybody else even care? Does anybody even know? Have I done anything significant? And he and he's crying out to God, and God God sends some signs to him, and then God speaks to him, and God says, "You're going to meet three people." You're going to anoint two of them to be different kings of different kingdoms. And then the third, you're going to anoint a young man by the name of Elisha to become the prophet in your place. He's, he, he, you're going to be promoted and we're going to replace you. You're going to go replace him. So this is where we're going to pick up in just a moment. But I want you to get the, the mindset of Elisha at this moment. He's in the middle of one of the busiest days of the year. It's plowing day. He's a farmer. It's his day, his field. He's responsible. He's in charge. There's this massive undertaking. It's not some little guy out in the middle of some desert field. There's 12 yoke of oxen, and he's he's personally running the 12th one. Okay? This is a big day. This is a day that he's probably got a lot invested in. It's a day that he's built up for to be able to have this much wealth going on. He's in the middle of a tremendous amount of success, and suddenly all everything's going to change for him in verse number 19 of 1 Kings 19. Let's read together there. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, the son of Saphat. He was plowing, as I told you, with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Then Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let's stop right there for just a moment. Now, how many of you would find that interesting if you were at work and all of a sudden some strange kind of squirrely-eyed guy comes up to you, takes off his coat, drapes it, and just throws it on your shoulders? You're looking at me like that's perfectly normal. There's nothing normal about that. 
But to put it in perspective, the way that power was transferred in a kingdom or in a prophet, uh, 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 any kind of ruling power, the mantle or the cloak was, was, was given from one to the other. So Elisha understands who Elijah is because most people didn't want to meet Elijah because he was always prophesying bad things. And Elijah shows up, this, this, I mean, have you ever met a prophet? Come on now, amen. And, and you get uncomfortable because you're afraid they're going to start telling you what you've been up to. Right? Yeah, I was with a prophet one day, and he started telling somebody what they've been up to, and I just literally, I just sit down to eat beside him, and I went like this. I picked up my plate, and I just walked away. <laughs> I was like, uh, he's got the anointing on him. I don't want him to read my mail, too, all right? And, and so, but I just left it with him. So, but uh, no, and, and that's a true story. But anyways, I, <laughs> uh, this prophet walks up, throws his coat on him, and then instantly Elisha knows everything has changed. Everything's different from this moment forward. Everything in his life that he had worked for, now God has a different plan. Wow. Can you imagine how that would have to feel for us? We've worked toward things our whole lives. We've been saving for something. We've been building for something. We, we've been preparing. You know, I remember one family that would, when it was time for this church to be built, and and they had been saving and scrounging and scraping together the deposit on on being able to build their first home. They were renting a home to be able to own their first home, and and, and I'll never forget what they said. They said God has spoken to us. We we had a plan, but God told us to 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 put this uh, into the house of the Lord. And I remember thinking, are you sure that's the Lord? And they said, we know that God has told us to do this. And I want you to know that not only were they, were they obedient to God, but because they obeyed God with all of their heart and did exactly what he said, God moved for them and blessed them in a way that they could have never imagined, blessed them more than they could have done on their own. And you see, that's kind of what was happening with uh, Elisha here. Elisha thinks, man, I'm, I'm getting rich. I've got 12 guys working for me. I'm running my big field. Everything's going good. And God shows up and says, nope, I've got a different plan for you. You think it's all going to go this way, but I'm going to just change it all, and I'm going to do something different with you. And, and you know what the beauty of this story? The reason that Elisha was able to do double the miracles that Elijah was able to do was because that day, instead of saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute, I have to weigh out the will of God against all the other things I have, instead of doing that, all of a sudden, Elisha said, you know what? God is better than anything out here on this field. God is greater than anything I've accomplished, and I'm going to go all in for God. And I think that's pretty awesome when it happens to someone else. Well, let's be honest about it. You know, I can celebrate how God does that for you, but what happens when God shows up and says, give your 401 to a missionary? And you're going, whoa, 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 that, that's not God. I've shared this story with you before, but I'll never forget that Christine and I, we, we were, were just engaged and we were, we were at church and the pastor stood up and geez, he's giving the offering talk and, and I heard the voice of God say to me, put everything in your wallet in the offering plate. And I'd heard the voice inside of me, literally I said this, I said, get behind me, devil. Because <laughs> there's no way that could have been God. No way that could have been God. And I heard that voice again. And I thought, God, i got to feed this girl. She's going to want lunch. Put everything in your wallet in the offering. 
And I said, God, I know your voice. Now, relax, I'm not about to take another offering this morning. <laughs> but I dumped it all in. And I looked at her and I said, I guess we're going to have to go to one of our parents' house for lunch. And she survived. And she let me live. But I'll never forget the next morning. You see, on that Friday, I had the worst news. I couldn't afford what I needed for my car. And as I was sitting there in the church that day, I knew that I barely had enough to be able to get the first stages of it. And maybe I could borrow the money from somebody to get my car fixed. But I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. But all of a sudden, on Monday morning, something was different. I got a call from the garage and they said, okay with you if we begin to put the part in your car. I said, not okay with me. I don't have the money to buy that part from you. And they said, Don, don't worry about it. I said, what do you mean don't worry about it? I will have to pay you. I don't want to owe you anything. And they said, no, 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 Don, we don't really understand why, but we bought another car this weekend and the part that will fix your car was sitting in the front seat of that car. So if it's okay with you, we're just going to put it in. Now, wait a minute. I don't believe that was by accident. I believe it was an angelic. There you go. Put that in that car. Why? Because on that Sunday morning, God gave me a moment and he threw a cloak around my shoulder and he said, will you go all in for me? Now, it may not be financially for you. It was for Elijah. He was walking away from a small, Elisha, he was walking away from a small fortune. It may not be financially, but it might be a point of integrity, a point of character, a point of holiness. And God says, you've got to make up your mind. You've got to settle this thing. You've got to settle this. So we find, and just a little bit later in the verse that where, we, where we stop, we find whether or not Elisha settled it. And I want you to see what Elisha says. He says, he says first, let me, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. That's what Elisha says. And then I will come with you. Now, I want you to remember that because we're going to end up in Luke 9 in a moment and see how these sound the same. And this is what Elijah says to him. Elijah says, go back. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? What kind of answer is that? Go back. What have I done to you? We'll come back to the, to the 21st verse here in just a moment. But I, I was like, I don't get this. Then God began to open that to me. Because, because you've got to understand something here. And this is, I've been learning this in my own life. What Elijah is saying is this. Elijah is saying, okay, I did what God told me to do. I can't control what you're going to do. I went all in, followed God, gave up my future to you. And I am going to trust God from here. And the moment I saw that, it really began to help me. Because I began to understand that God didn't call me to fix everything. God called me to follow Him. And that's what Elijah said. God told me to come do this. I've done what God said to do. I've learned a long time ago, don't try to add to it. And most of us are so busy trying to fix our lives that we're missing out on the God who can fix our lives. Most of us are trying to be like Jonah. Jonah, God told him to go preach. And Jonah said, oh, no, no, I'm going to start a church and we're going to fix this thing if I go there. And God said, no, I told you to go preach. And Jonah was like, no, I don't even want to tell him because you're going to be merciful. And God said, it's not your business whether I'm merciful or I'm not. What I 
told you to do is what I told you to do. And that's what Elijah says. I'm all in. I gave it everything I have. Now you make up your mind. And that's kind of the message today we have to get to. Be all in. And you can't control everybody else. But you can only be all in for yourself. You can't fix your family. Only God can fix your family. Only God can deliver. Only God can bring the victory. I'm preaching what I really believe this morning. I want you to understand, going all in for God may not be easy, but it's worth it every single time. Because what you couldn't afford to fix or what you couldn't accomplish, God says, I'm going to sin, and you're going to get a phone call, and you're going to understand God's working for you. Amen. I love the next part of this. Listen to what it says. It says, he says, Look, I, I, not verse 21 yet, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to go kiss my parents. And he says, well, fine, go do it. It's between you and God. This really made me stop for a minute because it just, it kind of goes, it makes the scripture look contradictory. I want you to understand this. Luke 9, 61, if you have your Bibles, you may want to look over it, but Luke 9 and 61, it, it, the same phrase is made. The same statement is made. And the response is not near as kind. It's, it's harsh. The response is this. Jesus is teaching. He's talking to people. And all of a sudden, one young man uh, speaks up. And in verse number 61, one young man speaks up and he says, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Does that not sound like the same situation? Elisha says, I'm going to go home and kiss mom and dad bye. Let me tell my parents bye. Boom. And, and Elijah, Elijah's like, hey, do whatever you want to do. I've told you what God told me. But Jesus says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That's harsh. Jesus, I want to follow you, but I need to go home first. And Jesus said, hmm, you're not good enough. I mean, that's how, boom. You know what God showed me in the last service? That Jesus said, taught us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus was all in. He came going to the cross. He came all in. So he only knew how to speak all in. Remember we talked about that last week? You better be careful who you're letting speak into your life. Because it takes an all in person to help you find an all in path. And here's what we see. Elijah he says, well, do what you want. But Elisha, really what he was saying was, he said, I've got to close the door because I've already made up my mind. The young man with Christ is saying, let me go home and get some advice on this situation. Let me try to figure out if serving you and following you is the right thing. Now that may seem odd to you, but not to everybody here. Because some of you felt the call of God on your life for years, but you've been asking everybody else's opinion instead of doing what you know God wants you to do. Amen. You've allowed a thousand distractions to hold you back. You've allowed a thousand things to pull you back. And God's saying, what I want from you is to be all in for me and I'll take care of your every need. You see, somebody once said this. Their child said they were called to preach and the family became upset. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, they're going to be broke all their life. I said, your son has said God has chosen him for the highest call of all. 
Don't worry about who will provide for him. The God who called him is the God who will take care of him. The God who will move him forward. The God who will protect him in life. You see, if he'll go all in for God, God will come all in for him. I'm going to show you the best way to go all in. Are you ready for this? Look back to verse 21 in our first story. So Elisha left him, went back. Notice what he does when he gets there. He didn't go try to figure out if this is the right thing. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to people. He had a party. I can't believe Elisha had his own going away party. Isn't that awesome? He threw his own celebration. He threw his own my life's changing party. He burned the yokes. He burned the bridge. He couldn't go back. He couldn't plow again because he had burned it. And then he threw a party and said, my life's forever more different. Are you with me at all on this? God's looking for somebody who'll make up their mind so much that they're going to serve God. They'll burn the bridge to sin. They'll burn the yoke to bondage. They'll burn the bridge to everything that's ever held you back. And you'll jump out there and then you're going to start telling others. You're going to have your own, I'm not going back party. You're going to have your own, I'm delivered party. You're going to have your own, I'm free party. And some of you are going to, Whoa, I'm not telling everybody that because my faith is private. Do you know why your public life is different than your private faith life and it doesn't match up? It's because your faith in private will not work. You've got to bring your faith into the public and you've got to let everybody see what God's done in your life. Let me just say it this way. Publicity makes for accountability. You let me say this to my wife, I think I'm going to lose some weight. The next time I go get my nighttime vanilla wafers box, come on now. She looks at me and says, I thought you were going to lose some weight. I say, I left the Nutella in the cabinet. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> Are you with me? But the thing is, when I say it to her, it makes it. Now, listen, when you tell some of your friends you're going to be free and you're going to serve Jesus because you're all in for him, you need to know what's going to happen. There's going to be one jerk in the crowd that needs to be slapped because they're going to say this. Mm hmm. That's going to last six months. Don't slap them. Just imagine yourself doing it and prove them wrong. Prove them wrong. They've been to that altar before, made a commitment before. Yep, and that's why I'm making it again because I failed last time, but this time you watch me, baby. I'm burning the bridge. I'm throwing a party. I'm telling everybody I'm going forward and I'm going to be something different because I'm tired of being halfway in. I'm going all in for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Hebrews 12.1 says it this way. It says, let us lay aside Throw away, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Burn the bridge, baby. Come on. Amen. Come on. Amen. I feel it. God's good to us. You see, you have to understand that Elisha really was not just, it wasn't like he was some kid who didn't have anything who went, oh, an opportunity. His whole identity was found in the fact that he was the guy who had 12 yokes of oxen. 
If he was, if, let's make it modern. He had 3,000 acres and 12 combines. He was successful. And the place where he lives, you know what it translates? It translates as the dancing meadow. The dancing meadow. He was willing to leave the place, the subdivision everybody wanted to live in, the job everybody was jealous of, all because God had a better plan. And I tell you that whatever you find your identity in, it's not as good as the identity that God has for you. And you're going to have to be willing. I was trying to sum up this message. It may have been for Pastor Danny. I'm not sure if it's one of the team members. I was trying to sum it up. And this is what came to me. Uh, when you go all in, all in walks away from all else. You see, it means that there is no sin that I'm keeping around to soothe me. It means there is no fallback plan. It's like when you go all in for your marriage, you, you spend the divorce law your money. You close the secret account because you're committed. You're in this thing. It's time for you to figure out what has been keeping you from being all in for God. Burn that thing. Burn that bridge. Break that relationship if necessary. Cut that cable. Throw that TV out. Break that. I don't care what it is. Somebody go, Pastor Don, that's just radical. You know, one of my favorite commercials was a Christian commercial. There's this guy sitting at his computer and pornography pops up on his computer. He jumps up, grabs a baseball bat, and destroys the computer and destroys the desk. I just love that commercial. People are like, that's just so radical. That's so radical. But it reminds me of a verse that says, if, if, if basically, if your eye's going to take you to hell, then rip it out. Whatever it is that's keeping you from serving God passionately, get rid of it. That simple. That simple. Here's what I've also learned, and I've got just a couple more moments and I'll close. I've also learned... This, this series is messing with Is it messing with anybody else? Okay. Because what it's doing is showing me how flawed I am. Because when a bridge in my life pops up, I'm going, oh, oh, burn that thing, boy. But here's what I've, I've realized. I'm just going to confess my greatest weakness in being all in to you. I'm, and be glad you don't have to stand up here and confess yours. <laughs> I am horrible at relationships. I really am. I feel like I'm the worst friend on the planet. I, I, I'm a good communicator with people, but I, I just, I want to I be a better friend to people. I want to have a hundred better friends. I don't get to talk to all of our pastors the way that I need to. I don't, I don't get to talk to all of our staff. The way I, there's some staff members that, that I, I talk to once or twice a year in the different ministries, and, and, I, and I feel like I fail every single missionary, and I... I, I, I I'm like, how can I be all in for people? And I don't I, you know, you work 60, 70, 80 hours in a week. I didn't get time for lunch until 9 p.m. Friday. But here's what God showed me I need to be a better father. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better pastor. And I need to be a better friend, better son, better grandfather. But I can't focus on those. The only thing that will make me better is if I focus on being all in for Him. 
Because when I get things right with Him, He helps me begin to get everything else in line. I will be a better husband by being a better son of the Heavenly Father. Because then the things that irritate her, please don't say amen, honey. (laughs) They'll begin to change because God's working in me. Because I'm working with Him to be better for Him. You want to be better. Think about yourself the way the little boy thought about his lunch. There's 5,000 people that need to be fed and he's got a small lunch and he's willing to give it all to Jesus. There's no way his lunch could satisfy. Maybe he's thinking, well, at least Jesus will be satisfied. Can I tell you that if you'd get to the point that the only thing you were concerned about was satisfying Jesus, that everything else would work out for your good. Because when that little boy put his lunch in Jesus' hands and satisfied Jesus, Jesus broke it and made it go far enough. And here's what I've learned. I'll never be a good enough friend, but if I work on growing in God, I'll get to be a better friend. I can be a better dad. I can be a better husband. I can be a better man because of Jesus. And so what I'm inviting you to do as we close today, I'm really inviting you to go all in to get to know this Jesus that you're already confessing. The more you get to know Him, the better you're going to be. The more committed to Christ you are, the stronger you're going to be. You'll be able to burn those bridges that have followed you and those things you've dragged your whole life. You'll be able to burn those, not because of man's plan, but because of Christ's work in you. You'll never do it on your own. But when Jesus starts doing it through you, everything will change. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.